0: The Campbell Group has teamed up with PI Perspectives to offer listeners top-notch, affordable insurance solutions. Private investigators can get insurance for their business for as low as $305 per year. Apply now at pi piperspectivesinsurance.com and receive a quote back within 24 hours. I want to talk to everybody today about
1: ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a Big time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers, and it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really... Spending less time digging around and and, uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts so you have a uh, particular people that you're looking at you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagging goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and, uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So. Check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that Scope Now is a part of that suite.
0: ScopeNow.com. Do you enjoy our podcast and the guests we bring you? Since 2019, Matt and his team have done their very best to give you amazing shows each week. If you feel like our show has helped you to be a better investigator, or maybe even inspired you to become an investigator, please let us know. We're looking for testimonials. Drop Matt an email with a recorded 20 to 30 seconds of you talking about this podcast. You can also email him something verbal about the website. His email is MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And if you really feel blessed for having this content, Consider supporting Matt and our show by joining Investigators Toolbox. You really have to see version 2.0, and at just 49 cents a day, it's a no brainer. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to PI Perspectives and welcome to show 201. We've heard so much this year about chat, GPT, and investigations. Today, we have a great episode on the practical use of chat, GPT, in investigative work. Jay Paulino is a private investigator from California who recently spoke about this subject at the Cali Conference. Take a listen to this great episode and learn how to put this useful tool to work for your investigations. Please welcome Jay Paulino and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare.
1: And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, I am uh, super excited to introduce a friend of mine, someone who I think wrote an amazing article uh, for the Working PI uh, magazine. I want to welcome Jay Paulino to the program. Jay, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, you wrote an article called Using AI uh, in Your Investigations and uh, you also spoke about that at the Cali conference recently uh, i thought it was a great presentation uh, especially for for those folks that are don't know much about ai or or are intimidated by it i thought it was a, it was a good entry level explanation of everything but then also giving some use cases on how you can use it because that's the big question here right we all know it's coming, we all know it's here, how are we gonna use it? It's not really gonna take our jobs away, don't be afraid of it, and learn how to use it, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I can't agree with you more on that. Definitely, definitely. So um, you actually work for a firm in California called uh, Casey & Gary, and um, it, you you have a similar background to me where you know, you're working for a firm that does a lot of investigative work, like a law firm, right? So that, that was my background before I started my own business you're in that firm right now. Tell me a little bit about what you do for them and what what your position is.
2: Yeah, so it's a a really unique experience for me to work at the law office of Casey Gary just because I get to work with a lot of attorneys and just have access to them as easy as just like walking down the hallway and running into them and maybe asking questions or just game planning about a particular case. But my favorite thing about it is I just feel like every day I'm going to a university and I'm constantly learning. And so for me, that's just a big component I feel like the day that I'm through learning, that's the day that I'm actually through in general. So that's why the whole AI component was a big deal for me when I got exposed to it, because mm-hmm. it was something different. It was something that um, I feel is gonna potentially change the world and it already has. And so for me to be able to learn how to use it during its early stages, using it during uh, some of like the actual cases that I'm on working it live, then put me in a position to say, hey, you know, I've, I've learned to use it in these areas and I'm successful. Right. And now all I want to do is be able to share that information with others to potentially help other people grow their business
1: yeah I mean, it's, it's great you know not being afraid of things that come in I mean, like I think last year was the metaverse you know before that who knows it was something else <laughs> you know drones right. Right? you know drones are a bit a big thing. I mean like you know that that was something that you were in the forefront of also I remember being in Aruba and be like, hey Jay's here and he, he brought his drone. <laughs> okay, cool <laughs> And then we did this amazing like outdoor photo. Uh, above ground of everybody that attended that conference. And then you, you flew around a little bit and got some, some B-roll stuff. It was really, really neat, man. It was very cool to, uh, to have the experience, but it's like, you know, you're the, you're making the, um, uh, making the argument that, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy when it comes to this, uh, or I, I know about these things and, and that's good. Uh, but before we, we all get into that, I, I, I wanted to ask you, cause this was a big deal for me when I was in-house working for an attorney and all that. You know, you've made it when you reach the point where the attorneys are starting to solicit your opinions on things. Right. At least that's the the way it was for me, you know, like that, you know, that you actually belong in the room and like they want to know what you're saying. How long did it take you to get to the point where they were like, hey, Jay, what do you think about this?
2: I think for me that that naturally happened early on within the first year that I was there. Right. A big component to it was I understood my role, my position. And so I knew that I'm like the eyes, the ears and feet for these attorneys. Mm -hmm. And so I know that they handle, you know, complex matters. They got to prepare for different things. And it doesn't necessarily allow them to maybe go out to a scene or maybe spend some intimate time with a client, you know, going to their homes and maybe seeing how they live. So for me, when I would report back, it would be really important for me to just communicate as much information as possible. Because at the end of the day, it's important to just paint an entire picture, right? And so when I was able to communicate that effectively, and something that helped me do that was just practicing storytelling, being an effective communicator really allowed me to kind of step into that role where it just built that trust. And then it just kind of opened the opportunity for me to just get more involved in that room, kind of like you said.
1: Yeah, I I think that folks that do what we do that succeed know know how to use communication because it is such a big big part of it you know having that the ability to have that that social engineering um you know creating that comfort level especially on the plaintiff side because i know your your firm does the plaintiff work you know when you go and you meet with somebody you know just creating that everything's going to be all right my attorney's here they're representative of my attorney's here and they're going to walk me through the process they're going to hold my hand you know that that intimacy that you're talking about really really important um And um, I I think the fact that you're knowledgeable about technology here, like those are other things you can talk about. Like, Hey, my, my firm is on the forefront. We use, you know, AI, we use drones, we use things that we need to do because, you know, we're utilizing all this technology and that's what, one of the things that gives us the edge that gives us the advantage. Um, I had a situation years ago where there was a major accident in the city and there were like five or six firms that were vying to get this person to sign a retainer, you know, it was, it was literally, they had one appointment after the other, after the other in the hospital, it was kind of weird. Um, and I, I didn't go to that appointment, but I was the support for it. And I did all the work up for it. And it was when I was doing electronic canvassing and, and um, you know, getting just that leg up of having a bunch of information I developed with that attorney, he showed up and looked like a superstar because, you know, we had, we had done all that work ahead of time. So it's, it's things like that, you know, that's one of those advantages w- with AI, that you can uh, get ahead of the game here and uh, really keep things going. So when was the first time that you heard about AI? And when did you say like, hey, I should really start implementing this into investigative work?
2: That's actually a really great question. Um, I came across the conversation of AI this year in March. Um, I was just out on a networking lunch with someone that I used to mentor high school kids with. This person was no longer mentoring with this anymore so it was more like a follow-up a catch-up conversation Mm -hmm. so we're out having lunch and we were just kind of talking about you know what's been going on in our lives and uh this person that i'm talking about we have a lot of things in common so we like to exercise we like to you know eat healthy and so just to see him and you know in a different place in a different position you know a lot had changed about him physically and so we were just kind of talking about what changed and he was telling me how he was using AI as a personal trainer and as a dietitian, he was telling me, hey, you know what, um, you know, I was, I was paying a lot of money for a personal trainer. And then I just started, you know, communicating with ChatGPT specifically on what I wanted to do physically. And it was giving me certain workouts, certain routines. Right. Yeah. I would even, you know, give it instructions on giving me, you know, specific, you know, meal plans and how to go grocery shopping, you know, to be able to buy, you know, things that I needed to do to be able to cook certain meals without certain products. And so he's, he's telling me about all of this stuff, and I'm like, what do you like who's AI? Like what, what are we talking about here? What's Chat Right. And he's like, you have to get it. He texted me the link. And then I just remember walking away from that lunch and thinking, like, what, what did I just talk about with this person?
1: What just happened?
2: <laughs> like, what just happened, right? Like what, what is what is, you know, what's AI with ChatGPT? So I go home, I download the application. And I started to to just practice with it in the same way that he was doing it. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you know, make me an exercise routine for this. I want to be able to, you know, set a specific meal plan for this without these ingredients. And Mm -hmm. I saw how fast it was generating these workout routines, these different meal plans. And then that's when the idea came to me. I was like, I don't know if there's any investigator out there right now that's currently using this uh, technology which then gave me another idea. Well, this is an opportunity to be able to step into something new, learn how to use it, and then share that information to be able to just teach others. Because if it's something that can help me grow my business and be able to bring more food to my table, the whole goal with that is to be able to do that for at least another person. Yeah. So that's kind of how that whole conversation started.
1: No, oh, man, you definitely have a servant's heart. And, and for folks that don't know, Jay also does a lot of volunteer work, uh, if I remember reading correctly. Uh, you volunteer with youth and, and uh, do mentoring with them as well, right?
2: Yeah. And it's crazy. I'll just kind of touch on this a little bit. So after I had that meeting with my friend after that networking lunch, I had a discussion with a couple middle schoolers, you know, during the, the midweek meetup. And, you know, we're just checking in with them, seeing what's new, what's going on. And one of the middle schoolers was like, oh, you know what? So-and-so was so dumb. He got in trouble the other day for using ChatGPT to like write his resume, oh, not his resume, his essay. He's like, he would have gotten away with it if he would have used this other AI platform that then edits the essay so that you don't get caught. So <laughs> when I heard these little middle schoolers talking about it, I was like, if they are smart enough to use it right. and get an advantage, just like advance and move forward and, and use it to their benefit. right? I, I can't see why professionals can't be doing the same thing. Why
1: not, right? right. All right, so we're gonna take a, yeah. a quick break here. And when we come back, I, I wanna dive into all this. Cause again, you, you wrote that great article. And I want to touch on some of those, uh, you know, real use case uh, um, purposes of of using it and then some things to remember um, as you're using it as well to keep in mind. So uh, everybody sit tight and we will be right back.
0: Specializing in the research of liability for personal injury claims, Pacific Liability Research offers insurance assessments of all applicable liability coverages to help determine what a case is potentially worth. Have a case with no insurance policy? Since 2019, the highly trained staff on their insurance discovery team has located over $100 million plus in previously unknown insurance coverage. They offer a full refund for any inaccurate results, and they do not charge for no-hit searches. Additionally, Investigators Toolbox members automatically receive 50% off their first case. Just mention Investigators Toolbox when you fill out your first order. More information can be found at PacificLiability.com. Contact them today and discover the immediate impact that Pacific Liability Research can provide. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the InvestigatorsToolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes.
1: So we are talking about CrossTracks. CrossTracks is a sponsor for uh, Investigators Toolbox and PI Perspectives. We've got Steve Mason here. Steve's been a, uh, a longtime client of CrossTracks. Tell me the benefits of uh, case management. For me, it's basically being able to keep track every single thing that's going on with the case, whether it's notes, documents, sending or receiving new case information, you know, because clients can create custom logins, securing the data. From a business perspective, it's just, it's really the easiest way to maintain your data, to access your data anywhere. And you can be on vacation and pull up a case note remotely, securely, even just tracking how many cases you've worked for a certain client, how much money you you build them. I mean, it's, there's so many tools that I just, I really don't know how get by without a a case management system
0: like CrossTracks.
1: Yeah, definitely. And they are SOC 2 certified, which is important when you're working with insurance companies and and protecting information that's uh, readily available there. If you're looking to take your investigative company to the next level, you got to be organized. And the only way you're going to be organized is using a case management system. And for me, hands down. Tracks is the one to go with. So, again, they are a sponsor of uh, PI Perspectives and part of Investigators Toolbox. You receive discounts for using their services through uh, through both those platforms. So, check it out today and we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.
0: Are you drowning in fees with your current provider? IRB Search offers the highest quality data at the most competitive prices. Founded by investigators for investigators, IRB is tailored specifically toward helping you close your cases. We're currently offering PI Perspective listeners an exclusive 30-day free trial of our system. So simply go to irbsearch.com and apply using the promo code PIP30 to claim this promotion. And welcome
1: back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spier, your host. Today we're uh, joined by the great Jay Polino. Jay, welcome back to the program. Thank you. All right. So we are talking about AI and you uh, wrote an article for uh, working PI on using AI in your investigations. Um, and again, Jay is, is based out of California. Uh, before the break, we talked about, uh, his, uh, his, his running into somebody who, t- who told him about this thing called chat GPT he started doing some investigative work saying, Hey, you know, we can use this in, in, uh, in our toolbox and things that we do. So, um, Let's let's talk about some of the, the use cases. Um, I know you had uh, uh, written uh, about uh, you were having trouble getting somebody on the phone uh, at, at an agency, right? So tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so that, that's actually a really good example because I think we can all agree that time is currency. And so a lot of my investigations are done here in San Diego. So for me, that's like home field advantage. I already have, you know, report with all these different agencies. I already know who to call whenever I need a, you know, particular report. Where mm-hmm. the records department is, you know, certain clerks. You already have that relationship with these people. So, um, in this particular situation, we had gotten a case that was all the way in Sacramento. So I'm not familiar with the area too well. That's not where, you know, I do my regular visits to the different police departments. And so I am just trying to get, you know, a case number for a traffic collision report. I'm trying to find out how much it costs, where I need to send my request letter, all of those little details. So I didn't think about using ChatGPT initially, so I started just doing the whole process manually. I went on Google, I looked for that particular agency on Google, I found a phone number, I dialed it up, did all the prompts, press one, press two, press seven, press pound. And at the end of the day, I wasn't able to get to anybody. And it was pretty frustrating because I tried calling that number a couple of times just because of the confusion of all the different prompts. And so the moral of that story was I wasn't able to get on the phone with anybody. So I'm sitting there on my desk a little bit frustrated because I'm thinking this is such a simple task that does not really require a lot of my time. And I'm struggling just because it's in a different, you know, different area. So then it, it dawned on me, I was like, wait, I've been using chat GPT to just kind of help me with these, you know, simple tasks. Mm-hmm. Why don't we challenge ChatGPT to see what its limitations are and to see if it can even help me with this uh, particular task. So then I just, you know, started communicating with chat GPT, which communication is important, kind of like you said. And so I, you know, gave it the instructions on what I was trying to do, the particular agency, and then it populated, you know, different instructions. And it gave me a phone number that Google didn't necessarily give me. And so the interesting thing about it was when I called that number, shortly after I was able to get on the phone with a person and I got all the information that I needed and I feel like interacting with ChatGBT, getting the phone number, calling that person, getting the information that I needed equaled to maybe five minutes versus the manual experience was maybe 20 to 30 minutes. So if you think about time being currency and you're thinking about something that could potentially take you 30 minutes, and you can trickle it down to five minutes. Yeah. Just imagine the opportunities that you're going to have to be able to work on different projects, invest your attention with something else. So then that's when I said, okay, this is going to be powerful because time is currency. And I feel like that applies to anybody that's really trying to do business. or oh, just Absolutely.
1: Working. No, it's, it's so true. And, you know, let, let's touch on something um, a little bit here too, because you, you had mentioned the difference between Google and using chat GPT, because there is a huge difference on that, right? One is a query yeah. and one is, you know, and getting information that's actually um not links to websites it's more along the lines of a, of a uh, conversation so chat gpt right. is more conversational whereas google is yes. more you know here's a query i need these things give me these things but it's not necessarily answering your question for you it's just giving you another pathway to go down right that's one of the, the bigger right. differences i see between the two um what's your insight on that
2: No, no, I agree. I mean, uh, Google, at the end of the day, it's a search engine. You have to do a lot of the manual work yourself. But the thing about ChatGPT, when you think about the conversation component is, you know, sometimes as we're learning to use it, you're going to understand that you might ask it a question during that conversation, and it might not give you the answer that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about me being an investigator and having a conversation with Chatbot one thing that I do understand is, you know, with my experience talking to witnesses, maybe asking a witness a question and not getting the answer that I want, you learn how to ask that question in different ways. Good and point. sometimes, you know, depending on the experience that you have, you'll eventually get the answer that you're looking for. Right. So it's the same concept when I was using ChatGPT. When I was asking it a certain question and maybe it was reaching a certain limitation, I sure. would then rephrase the question. I would, you know, change the way that I would ask the question and then ultimately it's all about trial and error. You just got to keep going. You got to keep trying and you got to just, you know, do different questions to be able to find what you're looking for at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really what it what it comes down to, right? It it's it's weird because you're now using social engineering on AI. <laughs> you know, all these the yeah. skill set that you developed, you know, going to people's houses, sitting down with them, talking to witnesses and all that. Like you're you're combining the two together and that that's really a great a great way to look uh, to look at it. Um, yeah, you know, one of the other examples you you gave was how to um, uh, submit a request for freedom of information. Yeah, you know, different states call it different things. We call it FOIL here in New York. It's called FOIA in other right. states. It's called Oprah in other states. But the concept is the same, right? How do we go about filing? Right. You know, to to get the this particular information. You you had cited an example um, as another way that you were able to use it. So tell me a little bit about that.
2: That's another great example, again, because, you know, when you think about it, sometimes you're going to be in different jurisdictions, you might have a case in a different state that you're not particularly familiar with, or maybe the agency itself. So I started thinking about just general requests. I was like, as an investigator, what are the type of requests that I'm making, right? And so I started thinking about the PRAs, the FOIAs. And so as I started kind of practicing with that, I started to notice that it was helping me, you know, find that information with different agencies. So I was like, okay, this is another basic way to be able to use this technology and this particular tool to be able to get this information that maybe manually could take maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, Versus now ChatGPT can be this foundational tool that could p- potentially take me to different leads and then direct me to the right places that I need to go to whenever I'm working with these unfamiliar requests. Whether you're a new investigator or an experienced investigator, more so for the new investigators, because sometimes as a new investigator, you've never done a PRA, you've never done a FOIA. Mm-hmm. So if you're actually teaming up with the AI as you're learning to do these things, AI could potentially assist you to direct you to the places that you need to be looking for to be able to execute those tasks. So that's, that's a big uh, beneficial component to it.
1: Absolutely. And uh, kind of a little niche, but you gave another example uh, talking about product recalls. Um, tell me a little bit about yeah. that.
2: Yeah, again, I mean, product recalls, um, when I get those type of cases, I know that it's extremely time consuming mm-hmm. just because, you know, sometimes you have to go on those search engines. You have to go through all of those web pages. You have to click on a lot of different links. You have to kind of do your own independent research or investigation. And that can take anywhere from two hours, six hours, eight hours. And so one thing about ChatGPT, as I'm learning how to use it is, I also want to understand its limitations, to understand what it can't do. So we had a situation where an attorney at the firm that I was working for, I was trying to help a personal friend whose relative had used a particular product that then gave that person like a a different um, reaction, right? Like an allergic reaction they were unsure if maybe the product was not safe or if there was, you know, recalls being done with it. And so I run into this attorney in the hallway and he's like, Hey, I need to ask you for a favor. He's like, can you please help my friend out with this particular product? And so, you know, I'm typically someone who is inclined to help. So in that moment I said, yes. But I knew that I was also saying yes to something that could potentially take a lot of time away from the cases that I'm on. So I go back to my desk and I'm like, okay, what did I just, you know, sign myself up for? (laughs) I open up Google. (laughs) Right, right. I open up Google. I'm I'm getting ready to, you know, do my manual searches. And then it dawns on me again. I was like, wait, I was like, I'm using ChatGPT. I'm using AI. Here's another opportunity to be able to challenge the AI to see what its limitations are. Mm -hmm. So I entered all the information of the product and what was going on, and my favorite thing about it was is that it directed me to a credible source. It told me to go to the FDA's website and to then search for certain complaints and recalls. I mean, that's something that I would typically do, but if you're a new investigator being asked to do a product recall case and you've never done it before... If you're teaming up with AI and AI is now directing you to a credible source that an experienced investigator already knows where to go or use, it's Mm going to save you time. So I go on the FDA's website, I plug in all the information, I'm able to see all the recalls, all the reports on it. I'm able to share that with the attorney. The attorney shares that with his friend and it's case closed, right? We -hmm. answered the question, they got the information that they needed and all of that literally happened like in 15 minutes. Me getting the information... Uh, me being able to, you know, fact check it, getting the credible reports, emailing it to the attorney, and then the attorney then giving that information to the potential client or to his friend. All of that was now trickled down to 15 minutes, where initially when we were talking about this example, we were talking about something that could take two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours. It was it's now something that just became something that got executed in 15 minutes, which is powerful.
1: Yeah, no, d- definitely great. And you're you know, you're talking about you know, not taking away from your other caseload, right? That's that's another important right. factor, right? Balancing your schedule, and making sure that you're you're paying attention to you know all your workload um, that's out there. You know, you talk about product recalls, but another thing you can do, like if you think about like a um, a case with a, a high speed, right? So like we we get some of these cases in New York where you know it's known as like the intersection of death or you know right. some sort of uh fact pattern in a town where you know there maybe there were some hearings uh about the speed limit on a particular road where there should be speed bumps or there should be you know uh, a stop sign or um a um, uh, a light that's put in or, or something like that where they have these message boards they have these like town hall boards uh where people like lodge complaints about these things now what are you doing well you're creating actual notice right if you have a case against a municipality and there's there's one of these you know boards that's run you know that they have access to you know you can make the argument that hey you actually had active uh, actual notice of this condition and didn't do anything about it now you want to talk about summary judgment and liability that's a home run right there right so so using something like chat gpt to to find those boards that are out there those those complaints i mean that's something that can really put powder um in in the ammo of, of what you're trying to do you don't think about these things right
2: agreed agreed yeah so i mean it's always important to you know fact check reverse engineer all the information that you're doing obviously we're talking about a new tool something that you know a lot of people are stepping into and learning about perfect. so yeah. with that comes a lot of trial and error but it's always safe to just fact check reverse mm. engineer make sure that you use credible sources and i feel mm. like if you play it safe that way it's more than likely that you'll have positive outcomes more than negative outcomes
1: sure Let's talk about the next one, the, the, the best practices. There was something with a, um, a, a manual and, and using some equipment. Tell me a little bit about, about that one.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, just kind of we how we just touched on it right now, for me, whenever I'm getting any of this information, for me, the best practices are to just be able to fact check everything. Just because the AI is giving me instructions or giving me information, I'm not taking it as 100% fact. So for me, it's like, okay, it makes sense what you're saying, but let me also do a little bit of investigation myself as an investigator. I don't want to completely take myself out of the investigation of the case. Mm -hmm. Let me team up with it. Let me make sure that, you know, it's definitely crossing its T's, dotting its I's. And let me do my job as a professional because at the end of the day, when we're giving a client an update, you want to make sure that you're fact checking everything that you're giving them, right? You're not just going to say, Hey, I found this on the internet. This is what it is. And then it turns out that it's false. So for me, um, the best practices is always going to be to fact check reverse engineer and make sure that you're also doing some work yourself and not just leaving all the workload to the AI component.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know there was an instance where, uh, which you had written about with the um, somebody who had an, uh, an incident that happened using a piece of equipment. And oh, right. there was a manual on how it should be um, used and what the proper techniques were, right? And and you were able to pull that through AI and see that you actually didn't have a case uh, because the, the person did not follow, you know, the recommended way of using that particular piece of equipment. So, that you know, that's an example where, you know, AI... Doesn't necessarily hit a home run for you to prove your your theory. What it does is it saves your firm a boatload of money, not litigating something that they should have no business litigating, right? Uh, so that's another that's right. aspect to it, right? Um, where sometimes the research isn't what you want to hear, uh, but it is what it is, right? And uh, you're able to uh, to do it. So you had talked on a, a couple. Well, actually, there was one more I wanted to cover before we got into some of the uh, best practices uh, on things. So uh, corporations, you had talked about um, how there was this spider web of, uh, you know, you had this parent corporation, all these, uh, you know, spider of different corporations that that are woven into uh, the parent corporation, how you used um, AI to actually figure that out. So tell me a little bit about uh, that one.
2: Yeah, so, you know, typically whenever we're trying to do that, you want to go on, you know, Secretary of State website, you want to go to these credible sources and be able to do your own manual research and and find these different entities. So with this particular case, there was just so many different businesses. I wasn't sure if it was going to be in, you know, Colorado, Denver, in a different state. And so what I was just doing, I was just, you know, talking to the chatbot and just interacting with it, being um, extremely, uh, giving it like very complex instructions on what needed to be done. What particular business, you know, plugging in the the keywords, the secretary of state, trying to get the agent service, making sure I was giving it enough information to be able to assist me. And the nice thing about it was it was giving me leads on these particular businesses, which then allowed me to then manually go on the secretary of state website and then pull that information for myself Mm -hmm. versus just copy and pasting the information that the AI was giving me. I was using AI more as a foundational tool to give me those leads, to direct yeah. me to the right states, to direct me to the right websites, to then eventually do my own manual research. Okay,
1: so the last thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about corporations. Um, there was a way uh, you talked about in your article about uh, how you had this parent corporation, you were trying to determine um, other corporations under that umbrella um, and how they were um, all affiliated and associated together. Uh, tell me a little bit about that one.
2: Yeah, so it was, it was a really you know, difficult case, challenging case, really, because it had so many, you know, different corporations tied into it. And so, you know, before using ChatGPT, the thing that I would normally do is just manually search these different corporations on the Secretary of State website. The only thing about this particular company is I knew that it had all these different corporations in different states. And so this was another opportunity for me to team up with the AI. And what really made the difference here was me being able to communicate with AI, the chatbot effectively, giving it enough instructions, enough information to be able to have the AI chatbot be able to direct me to different secretary of state websites in different states. Now, at that point, I didn't just solely rely on that. At that point, I I plugged myself in and then started doing the own manual research on those websites, finding these business being the agent of service and then reporting back to the attorney saying hey look based on all the investigation that we were doing being able to you know use ai and then doing the manual research myself here's the information that we're looking for for the agent of service for all these different corporations right. and so you know that could have been a task that could have potentially taken me days you know maybe 8 hours 6 hours because of the amount of you know corporations that were involved but at the end of the at the end of the day ai was able to help me get these leads and direct me to the right secretary of state websites to be able to do this in an effective
1: way. Amazing. That's great. It, it, it's such a great tool to be able to, to use that and do that. So let's let's talk about uh, best practices. We we talked about a couple things earlier, but I want, just want to cover it a little, little bit more here, right? The first thing is asking the right questions, right? It's only going to return to you what you ask it for. So understanding using the social engineering that we talked about earlier um, to, to ask the right questions. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you can't you know, solely rely that ChatGPT is going to be 100% right all the time. Uh, one thing that I do tell people to practice is to understand its limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, a good way to do that is asking the AI questions that you know it can't answer to be able to see how it interacts with you and the information that it gives you. Mm-hmm. But whenever you're working an actual case and you have to give a client an update, for me, it's always important to fact check and to be able to confirm the information that I'm giving my client versus being lazy and just copy and pasting information that you could potentially find on Google or on a website. Mm-hmm. It's important for me to be able to team up with the AI, do my own fact checking, confirming the information, and then being a professional and making sure that I'm giving a work product that's going to be accepted.
1: Definitely, definitely. And also being clear and specific, right? It's another, another um, aspect that you uh, put in there. Um, and one of the other things you talk about is providing context, right? So you know, making sure those questions that you're, you're asking you know, ha- have the right context to it. So tell me a little bit about that.
2: It's just like, you know, communication in any relationship, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, um, you just have to understand, you know, how to interact with the AI chatbot to be able to get the information that you're looking for. And sometimes when you're not communicating, you know, effectively, maybe you're not coming across Uh, with the information that you know needs to be communicated for the other side to be able to understand and then maybe give you a response so for me it's the same thing you know just as i practice you know communicating with you know friends or with different relationships or you know different you know partnerships or or colleagues it's important for me to also apply those same uh, principles and practice that effectively with the ai chatbot to be able to you know have that effective uh, a communication between the AI chatbot and myself.
1: Right. And one of the other things you you preach about is is patience, which uh, right. I think we all could use a little more patience on things. You know, understanding you know how to balance your caseload and the work that you're trying to do, and and understanding that it may take you a little while to actually, you know, perfect working with the chatbot. Right. Don't just say, "Ah, oh, this isn't going to work. It's not for me. Can't figure it out." And just being, you know, having the the discipline to to try different things. Right.
2: Agreed. And anything that you practice, you get good at. So the more you practice using it, you know, whether it's with simple tasks or things that just have to do with your lifestyle or just general questions, you can just get creative. I feel like if you have that creative mindset and you go to that chatbot with that open mind and just you're creative with different ways to maybe learn how to do something new or figure something out, I feel like that's going to really put you in a position to just, you know, get those reps in and and just continue to practice with the AI component to get better.
1: Right. And also, you, you talk in the article about checking your resources, right? We talked about this already. You know, it's not gospel. Whatever uh, it's telling you, you better make sure that you're doing your due diligence, too. Um, I, I recall reading about uh, some attorneys here in New York that uh, they got a little spanking <laughs> because they were quoting some memos of law that weren't actually memos of law. So, uh, you know, judges gave them a warning this time around, but also stated, like, hey, we're gonna to start to sanction you guys if you're not, uh, you know, doing this properly. So, understanding that there could be uh, great consequences, make sure your errors and omission uh, insurance is up to date. If you're if you're delving into True. this world, right? True. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cool. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to be a professional and you got to do your job. You can't just, you know, solely rely on the tool. You know, you got to make sure that, you know, the information that you're going to be presenting is going to be, you know, accepted and you know, confirmed and you know, just you got to fact check that. So that's important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last thing uh, to, to understand about this is understanding that this is meant to complement your investigative skills. This is another tool for your toolbox, right? It's not meant to replace you or it's not meant to replace right. certain tasks of that, that you do. You're, you're using it in addition to what you, you regularly do,
2: right? No, true. That's very true. You know, it, you got to learn how to use it. And you know, you, you can't have that mindset that it's going to take away your job. You know, you got to learn how to use this tool to complement you. And, you know, just like in any relationship or partnership that you're going to get involved in, you got to make sure that you're making those right choices and that you're partnering up with people that are going to complement the work product that you give. So that's very
1: true. 100%. Well, Jay, this was really great. Thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting about this uh, and and teaching us a little bit more about uh, AI and, and how it uh, is such an important part of what we're doing. And uh, how we need to embrace these things as they come in and and, and use them while we can until somebody turns off a fire hose or, <laughs> or something's no longer working or, or, you know, Skynet starts to take over the world, which is probably going to happen in about a year or two from now. So <laughs> thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. How do folks get a hold of you if uh, they had more questions?
2: Yeah, they can just, you know, simply uh, find my profile online. You can just go to caseygary.com and that's C-A-S-E-Y-G-E-R-R-Y.com. And on that general website, you know, you can find all of our profiles, all our contact information. Um, There's a lot of information that could be really valuable, um, especially to understand what we do. We Mm -hmm. do a lot of plaintiff's work, a lot of personal injury, you know, product uh, cases, and you know wrongful death cases brain injury cases aviation all that stuff just go on there it's it's filled with rich history the firm has been in business for over 75 years it's you know has a lot of great talent there with all the attorneys all the staff the paralegals the investigators that we have in-house it's definitely a place that has great soil and you know um as evidence to that you know i'm here you know talking and representing and and you can see the type of culture that we have there it's definitely a culture that's thriving culture that's you know open to learning you know sharing that knowledge and helping people because at the end of the day that's that's the business that we're in helping people yeah and so i'm just you know happy to, to be here
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jay. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. We'll see everybody next week on the next episode. Take care.
0: Thanks to Jay for coming on and giving us some great ideas on how to use ChatGPT for our investigative work. We want to thank Campbell Insurance Group for sponsoring our show. Remember to tell them you listen to save $50 when you apply for insurance. Additional thanks goes to Crosstracks, Specific Liability Research, PI Institute for Education, IRB, and Scope Now for sponsoring our podcast. Also, don't forget about InvestigatorsToolbox.com. They support the show, too, and you can type in version 2.0, 25%, to save $50 when you join. And if you have a question or a comment about the show, just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com, and you can also find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible in the future, and we'll be back next week with a new show, so make sure you tune in. Stay safe out there.